happy Friday. I hope everybody's doing amazing. I am honestly a little down bad. Um, first of all, sorry I missed last week. My mother was visiting and I couldn't find a time to stop and record an episode. And I was honestly going to skip this week's too because I'm feeling sick a little bit. Like I've been sick this week and I'm feeling better today. But my voice is definitely not where it usually is. So if you can try to get past that, I feel like today's topic is very interesting. So I hope everybody sticks around. So today I wanted to talk about drugs. Well, not just drugs, like drugs and happiness, drugs and mood. And in this case, I'm particularly talking about behavioral drugs. So I feel like there's just a lot of controversy already surrounding behavioral drugs. And they have been shown to have tremendous effects on mental health disorders such as depression, anxiety, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD, among a number of other mental health disorders. But despite having all these positive effects on them, they also come with a number of side effects, including nausea, insomnia, headaches, all of which can lead to um, pretty negative habit forming. And in case you don't know, um, behavioral drugs act by altering levels of mood implicating neurotransmitters as well as their interactions with their receptors, so really just in your brain, and how these um, pharmacodynamic changes can lead to changes in mood, behavior, and emotion. So I think I would like to preface with my view on drugs. So growing up, I've always been a little apprehensive of them. I mean, to be honest, I had like like, a physical mental block whenever it came to, like, taking pills. Like, I had to get them all crushed up and stuff, which, actually, now that I'm taking a psychopharm class, I, like, shouldn't have been crushing up all my pills. I don't know what my doctor was thinking, uh, but she said it wasn't an issue. But in my class, I um, learned that that's not the best thing to do. But I um, have always been apprehensive of them. I've always been reluctant to take Advil, you know, when I have a headache, really only taking them when I have migraines or like hormonal cramps or things of that sort. And when I grew up and conversations surrounding mental health disorders and treatment became um, a larger focus, my opinion of them slightly shifted. And while I understood that these drugs can be used um, to help those experiencing mental health disorders, my view of such disorders was somewhat warped. And what I finally came to, the conclusion I came to, was that there is a major distinction between struggling mentally and having negative thought patterns, so like a rough patch, if you will, and having a biological mental health disorder. So while one is something that can be developed or be influenced by external factors such as traumatic experiences, uh, difficult life situations, and stuff like that, which can then lead to chemical changes in your brain, because I do think that it's very interconnected, 
Another thing is more of like a baseline. You know, you have a chemical imbalance in your brain and you need something that's going to help you um, adjust that imbalance. And I do think that the lines are often blurred when it comes to mental health and medicine. So I thought I would preface my not dislike. I mean, I honestly think you could call it a dislike or maybe like fear or um, apprehensiveness, I think is a good word to land on. I feel like I have this like innate rejection of drugs. And I think that it comes with my distrust of our society and capitalism. So I thought I would like talk a little bit about our society's view on drugs, whether it's something that you are directly implicated in or it's just happening around you. But I, when I looked this up, the numbers were honestly quite shocking. So the U.S. pharmaceutical industry earned this country $550 billion in annual revenue just in 2021. And the U.S. pharmaceutical industry accounts for 40.8% of the global pharmaceutical market as of 2021. That is almost half of the world's pharmaceutical industry is, is only centered in the United States. Let that sink in because that is an insane number and it's actually terrifying. <laughs> and I think I watched like a TED talk about how medicine like we need to approach it in a new way because for such numbers to rise to such heights like that is literally terrifying and it's evident that there's an issue here and I mean we can name a lot of different things that could be causing this you know the world's dying comparison and transparency between peers is at a rise because you know technology is becoming inescapable I feel like also this comparison and transparency has led to a lot of generational trauma like unfolding all of a sudden. And, you know, it goes beyond that. But the root of it, in my opinion, is how capitalism has become such a priority in our society. And, you know, take going to the doctor nowadays. We're seeing less and less of physicians suggest non-pharmaceutical therapeutic methods. Nowadays, you go to the doctor, you're like, my leg hurts. They're like, okay, I'm going to prescribe you this for this pain. Okay, you're feeling this way. Let me give you this medication because this has been shown to um, give you this particular mood that'll counteract this mood. And I mean, my research on this topic has been far less than intensive. However, it is my understanding that in numerous non-Western cultures, particularly in Chinese medicine, there is a much larger recognition of the human body as an interconnected system. And in Western medicine, I feel like there's a much larger focus on the elimination of a particular symptom. So while in the US and Europe and all these Western cultures, you have a symptom, they're like, okay, let's get rid of that symptom, let's give you this medication, and you won't have experiencing, you won't be experiencing that symptom, and you'll be all good to go, and there you go, bye-bye. 
in non-Western cultures, there's more of a focus on, okay, you're feeling this symptom. Okay, why are you feeling this symptom? What other part of your body is also experiencing some kind of effect due to that cause? You know, what's, what, what's the root of this issue? How do we solve it from the root so that it doesn't create any more symptoms other places in your body? You know, there's a more holistic view of the human body rather than seeing problems and trying to find solutions, you know? So let's take a simpler example. For example, you have a cough. Maybe you caught a virus. In Western medicine, I feel like I, I the other day I had a cough and I was like, okay, what medicine can I take? And I was looking up, I have like, I have like nasal decongestion. I'm like, okay, it has nothing to do with my nose. I was like, I asked my roommate, I'm like, do you have any medicine? I'm reading it and it's a cough suppressant. Now, what is a cough suppressant? A cough suppressant is going to suppress my cough. But why am I coughing? There's something like in my lung or like maybe I have some kind of irritation that's causing me to cough. Like I'm obviously need to cough something out. Why would I need to suppress, you know, what my body's natural response is? So there's a very big focus on, you know, eliminating that coughing symptom. And, you know, in today's day and age, physicians are really eager to prescribe uh, medication and solve the equation. But the truth is that it's been shown that doctors that prescribe medicine make a lot more money than doctors that don't. And, you know, the value of payments have been shown to be almost four times as much. And I'm getting this information from a, a website called ProPublica. I'm not too sure about its legitimacy, but I thought it was really interesting. And I got this quote from them that says, and I quote, on average, across all drugs, providers who received payments specifically tied to a drug prescribed it 58% more than providers who did not receive payments. So what does that tell you? As a physician, you're more inclined to prescribe a drug if you know that you're going to make profit from it. So that ties it in with, pharmaceuticals and capitalism it's all about money it all boils down to money there's so much less of a focus on your actual health and the health of an individual and the health of your community and it's rather how can I come out on top how can I get recognition for my work you know there this um like what is what are they called patient is sorry no I forgot that word Patient's going to come in. They have a symptom. I give them a drug. Symptom goes away. Patient's happy. Um, I'm happy. I made money off of it. Fantastic. But if you fast forward like a couple months, maybe that cough was due to something and you gave them a drug that made that symptom go away, but it didn't take away the root cause. Then they get another, some kind of tertiary disease thing. Then you treat that with another medication and then it's like, okay, good. I feel better now. I made more money. Then it's like, okay, but that didn't solve the root cause of it. And it just develops and develops and develops. And that's how the entire like elderly population has these huge like degenerative diseases. Because I feel like we're not really addressing what the root causes of such diseases are. And I think my biggest issue when it comes to this is, I mean, it begs the question, do all of those people on medication really need to be on medication? And a lot of the time, like, the answer could be yes. You know, like I said, there's a distinction between having a rough patch and having a chemical imbalance. When you have a chemical imbalance, I mean, I learned in my um, psychopharmacology class, like, you need, you often need some biological help in order to have that homeostasis in your brain so that you don't emotionally deteriorate. 
But I feel like, in my opinion, the issue begins with the age at which children are put on medication. Because when you're a child, I mean, you get put on this earth, depending on your familial, um, you know, demographic demographic information, you know, class, race, all of those, those can have a lot of implications on how your family dynamic is. You know, you might have access to certain things. You might not have access to certain things. Maybe certain foods, certain nutrients you're not getting enough of. Maybe that can have implications on your brain development. And maybe you have certain like lifestyle habits that are being imposed on you. And that's having an effect on your mental health and your mental development. But so often is the case is that you have maybe you display some sort of uh, behavioral um, abnormality, whether that be hyper excitability, maybe you are in only child, and you find yourself with a lot of energy. And that is normal among kids. Like, it's normal for them to have energy. Maybe you just put them in a park. They run it out <laughs> like like dogs or something, like with zoomies. They run it out. They get exhausted. You let them go to bed. And over time, you know, you learn to incorporate yourself in society and you learn to be able to deal with those hyper-excitable moods. And maybe you find, um, like, ways to get rid of that energy that may not include drugs. But in our society, I feel like parents and physicians um, try to take shortcuts. And, you know, maybe your parents don't want to have to put you in maybe gymnastics or a sport or something that can help you get rid of that energy. I mean, this example is definitely related to ADHD because I feel like a lot, a lot of people in my life are on ADHD medicine and have been put on it from a very young age. And I feel like if they had waited before putting in that medication, then they wouldn't be where they are today, which is where, you know, you're at such high doses because you've been on it for decades and, you know, the dose just keeps going higher and higher. And at one point, like it doesn't even do anything anymore. And then it's like you miss a day and then it's, it's detrimental. And I feel like that's really sad and that's not right. And I feel like that root, the root cause is because they get put on it from such an early age. And there's no learning period for, you know, self-regulation. I mean, given that brains don't finish developing until your mid to late 20s, I don't see why so many people are being put on these behavioral medications from the age of six. You know, ADHD medicine in the United States, um, the FDA has deemed a minimum age of six years um, to be, you know, the cutoff or when you're able to be put on medication. And the only reason that I saw online was that it has a large um, correlation with a loss of appetite side effect. And, you know, you don't want these kids to lose their appetites, the biggest developmental stage they need to eat. And, you know, when you get put on this medication, like, it really sets the tone for how that person's life will go. Because when you're not put on medication, your body learns, you know, your body learns, okay, this is not helping me, this energy that I have, like, whatever it is, like, maybe, maybe it's not even just that, maybe you have some kind of, like, I don't know, I don't know, guys, like, there's multiple mental health, like, 
not even disorders, but like abnormalities that you can go through when you're younger. And then you put get slapped a label on and then you're like called this, called that. Even neurodivergence, like that's a new term, right? Before it was either like you're on the spectrum or you're autistic or you have all of these. But, you know, the terms change and it's all going with the tides. But it really sets the tone for how you're going to learn to self-regulate your moods. And, you know, once you find yourself on this medication for decades and decades, you know, it definitely has implications on your ability to do so. And guys, I want it to be known that I'm not negating the benefits that can be correlated with behavioral drugs. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should get rid of them altogether. I'm not saying that people who are on them shouldn't be on them. I'm not saying that it's wrong for people to be on them. I just think that there are so many alternatives that should be attempted before getting put on medication. Because I feel like some of the people that I know of have tried alternatives and, you know, those didn't work. So you then um, go to medication. And I feel like that's the way it should go. I feel like it should be a last resort because, I mean, putting any sort of foreign body into your, like, any kind of foreign chemical into your body and something that's going to have as major impacts on your brain like the brain is such a powerful part of the body the brain can help you deal with pain it can help you experience like so many different kinds of emotions so many different types of experiences like all of it comes from the brain so putting medication and and forcing different types of behavioral changes like to me to me that's terrifying (laughs) but I mean, there's so many alternative therapies that you can go to before going to drugs, you know, so many habits and practices that have natural enhancing effects on mood, behavior, and emotion. But the issue is that society often takes away that choice. You know, all those kids that were put on medication since age six, can you really, can you really like sit there and say, yeah, they gave their consent on that? Like they definitely gave their consent. Like, no. You can't give your consent to be put on medication when you're six years old. I just honestly don't think it's right. And I fully support, like, while I fully support behavioral drugs when it comes to those, you know, born with chemical imbalances and they go through the alternative medicines and then they're like, you know, maybe like, I'm going to take this drug. Maybe this is the only way that's going to help me out of this, like, imbalance that I'm experiencing. But I can't help but question the way that our modern society just decides to slap a bandage on mental health disorders from the time that you get on this earth. Anyways, I thought that this was a pretty interesting topic because it's something that I've thought a lot about and I feel like the fact that I'm hearing so many people around me like saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm like having a bad week, like they switched my meds, like this and this and this, like my meds, like this is making me feel this way, oh I haven't eaten like so long because my meds, like they take away my appetite, like all of these things, like it's really sad to hear. Um, but I mean, I guess that it's definitely important, but I definitely think that there's a fundamental issue with our approach to medication and our eagerness to um our eagerness to ignore what could be causing our like shifts in mood because a lot of the time we 
go on medication when sometimes you don't even you don't even really need to. Maybe it's a lifestyle change that needs to happen. Maybe it's a nutritional change that needs to happen. Maybe it's a career change. Like you you really you really don't know. So many things could be impacting the way that you're feeling. And I think that even let's say like even birth control, like birth control, for example, has so many hormonal effects that can have so many uh, mood effects. And sometimes you may think, oh, like I, I am depressed. Like this is this is literally terrible. But then you go off the medication. and You're like, oh, my God, I'm like, fine. But then maybe instead of going off the the um the what is it birth control maybe instead you start taking like depression depression medicine and it's like maybe you never even needed to go on that like I don't know do you guys see what I'm saying like it all snowballs into this money making machine like the fact that 40.8 percent of the world's pharmaceutical industry is only solely in the United States of America like that's crazy that's honestly crazy um But yeah, I thought it was interesting, but I hope everybody has a good week and I'll see you next week. And um, yeah, just, just, just think on that one. Just think on that one. Okay, bye.